creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor viewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want a wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing What's in the box? on every order. <laughs> Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, Unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.com 
Co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. certain certain things that had to be done and, and um, certain ways I had to navigate this to bring us to this particular moment like I can't have a girlfriend like entering this whole journey that's just like you have a full girlfriend going into paradise it's um it's just like not, not a good look not a good look um so if I tell everyone, hey, um, Piper might be coming, so nobody talk to me. Um, I'm going to be sitting. Yeah, that would be awkward. And then yeah. what would just happen is, you know, I would go home. Yeah. And, and then, then I'd know, be here. Just be here. Yeah. yeah. So obviously I was navigating this yeah. in, in a way to allow myself to potentially, hopefully, be here while you're here. I get it. We're good. I'm good. Like, I'm not, you know, I get it. Like, thanks for playing the game. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues coming at you with a recap of two completely normal episodes that not a lot happened in. But before we get to those, wow. I, knew, I was waiting for it. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was like, when is she going to do it? You were talking slowly. I was like, this isn't fun to interrupt when, you're, when you want it <laughs> to happen. I'm sorry. I should have been talking faster. Before we get into these episodes, which obviously a lot happened in, a lot that we yeah. have some very specific things to say about, mm-hmm. we have to play you a little clip from a show that we ourselves did a little while back. This is a roughly two-minute clip from June 10th, our episode of This Week in Bachelor Nation. And this clip is a piece of news that we did about Brendan Marias and Piper James dating. Please take a listen. It is germane to what has happened in our beloved game. Our next piece of Bachelor Nation news involves Piper James and Brendan Marias. They will not be touching sand this season because they are reportedly dating and, in quotes, very into each other. James made her debut in our beloved game on season 25 of The Bachelor, where she placed fifth, and Marias made his rookie appearance on season 16 of The Bachelorette, where he self-eliminated it in fourth place. The couple met through mutual friends in New York and now spend their time between the Big Apple and Boston, where they each live. Although we wish the new couple happiness, we can't help but mention this was an incredible (laughs) error. No doubt, each of them had a chance to appear on Paradise this season, and they could have very easily engineered a deep run with one another that would have allowed the fourth audience to watch their relationship develop on screen, a move that would have undoubtedly boosted their parasocial power and quite possibly given them each over a million Instagram followers. What the fuck yes. were they thinking? I don't know. I don't know. It seems like such a huge mistake. 
these new relationships that happen just before paradise, this is literally why you do them. It, like take a page out of Belakai's playbook when he's going to stagecoach and casually dating multiple players who are going to wind up on paradise. Then you get to come to paradise with a high sand placement. They build a whole season around you. Maybe they try to vilify you, whatever, but you're still going to walk out of there with so many Instagram followers. And if you already have this relationship on lock, you come in with that in mind. That's your strategy. It, I, I just feel this is a huge missed opportunity. Yes. Maybe they were... The only thing I can think is maybe they were photographed too many times together and the producers were like, no, we're not having a couple come in who's already serious Yeah, to try to like preserve the sanctity of everyone meeting on sand, even though that seems difficult at this point. But yeah, yeah. it's possible. I am not exactly sure, but we wish them luck on getting a million followers some other way. Another... Game of Roses, 100% accurate prediction. Yeah, I mean, we didn't accurately predict it because we thought they weren't going to show up in sand because they were dating. But the thing right. that we kind of suggested in it, they actually did. They did do it. Now, this is the, the problem with this. What they did was a good <laughs> strategy. How they executed it was very bad. And we're going to get to all the details of it and how it is just the worst possible way they could have executed the strategy. But I just wanted to play that clip to show you that we are thinking about how the game is changing, especially in this contemporary era where people are meeting each other on social media before the games start. They are flying to each other's towns. They are having these hangouts. We were aware of this. We talked about it in June, early June. I believe they started shooting Paradise in late or mid-June. Uh, you can draw your own conclusions. <laughs> I can't even begin to describe how I was feeling watching both of these episodes. We have clearly long advocated for this exact strategy that Piper and Brendan attempted to perform during the first episode. But like you're saying, it requires prep, it requires execution, both of which they appear to have completely failed at. And I no longer believe anything that the document presents, and there's certainly evidence of frankenbiting, we'll get to it, but they did give that raw audio to the producers. And they were saying things openly about Instagram accounts and stuff that you, like, you just can't do that. It, it goes too hardcore against 4TRR. I will also just say up front, though, that the way I view this show, this game, is a little bit like, yes, it's a pro sport. We always say that. And these players are making plays, and there is an objective outcome. But it's got a little pro wrestling thrown in. These are also mm -hmm. characters that the producers are cutting to look certain ways. And I'm not saying they didn't say these things, but the producers are definitely choosing who gets a good edit, and who doesn't. For example, you might notice Grocery Store Joe, Becca Kufrin, and Natasha Parker, all hosts of official Bachelor Nation podcasts, are coming mm -hmm. out smelling like roses in every case. In every mm -hmm. case. And other people are not. So some of these people become fodder in the bigger story that the producers are telling. The overarching pro wrestling story of, in pro wrestling, for example, if you're a good guy, you're known as a baby face. And if you then become a bad guy, mm -hmm. like Hulk Hogan did in the 90s, he went from uh, the, the shiny-haired, like, golden boy of the WWE to Hollywood Hogan, the leader of the NWO, and he dressed all in black. He became a villain. That's called a heel turn. What's NWO? 
it stood for New World Order. It was him and some other wrestlers were involved in this group of villains. And so hmm. Piper and Brendan here have taken a heel turn. They were baby faces. We loved Piper on Matt James' season. We loved Brendan in his season of Bachelorette. And now everyone hates them. And the fourth audience is reacting extremely hardcore to this, which is fucking fascinating. I don't think we've ever seen a fourth audience reaction this swift or this acute in terms of Brenna Mariah no. losing Instagram followers and Natasha Parker gaining. She has gained, at least since we've started tabulating these things, and we'll have a much closer tabulation when we do This Week in Bachelor Nation in 48 short hours. But Natasha Parker began this season of paradise with 65,000 followers. She's now at 263,000. She has gained almost 200,000 followers in, I believe, just the last 48 hours, roughly, since the show started. Holy shit. Marias began this season with 327,000. And I believe he had a little bump somewhere in the middle of the season, but he's now down to 288,000. So he is hemorrhaging. <laughs> Goodbye to the 300K club, Brendan. And the thing that sucks about it is like he could have had more if he just would have done this correctly. We've seen players mm-hmm. do it correctly. Demi did it correctly in season six and was the star of that season. She was in a prior relationship, came to paradise. They flew this person. Christian Haggerty, who was not even a player in our beloved game, they flew her into paradise. That was all prearranged by the producers. They had to have had her ready and waiting. That wasn't just a spur of the moment thing like, oh, fly her out. That was all arranged. It was all orchestrated. It was all a pre-planned plot. And Demi did it perfectly to blow up. She now has 1.2 million followers, still has the most followers of anybody currently in this season, including Becca Kufrin, a sitting bachelorette or a prior bachelorette. Sorry. I have thoughts also on how the right way to play this was first of all you choose a target who doesn't host a company man bachelor podcast and one of the most well-connected and beloved players in our game these are made men and women it's like the mob you don't go for somebody who's a fucking made man you're going to get killed Second, you be honest about the nature of the friendship, Rose, or at least you don't publicly shit on your mark and her not having any other prospects, like some sort of like 1800s Pride and Prejudice villain. I know. It was so (laughs) bad what he fucking did. I even have an idea for what storyline they could have created. Back up that relationship going sour. Maybe... Something believable, that Brendan is an F-boy, maybe wasn't ready to commit, so Piper dumped him. Then nice. you have Piper explore other options on sand. Then this makes Brendan realize that Piper is indeed the one. Maybe you don't even make the choice until the rose ceremony, which wouldn't have given Natasha this time to get the whole beach against you. By the way, I also think we should note before we get into this, this is not the first time... <laughs> Before we get into this, we're like 20 minutes in. Oh, fuck. (laughs) We're not. We're not. Before we really get into the weeds of this, this is not the first time we've seen this storyline on Bachelor in Paradise. I think you'll remember a player named Joe Bailey from season two of Bachelor in Paradise, a.k.a. Kentucky Frankenstein. Kentucky Frankenstein, yeah. He performed a very similar story when he tricked Julia Kinney into giving him her rose on BIP season two. All so he could wait for Samantha Stefan, whom he had been talking to for over a month. Stefan touched sand and immediately asked Joe out, 
and he attempted to cover up the fact that they had been in communication, a fact that King of Paradise, Tanner Tolbert, outed that Joe had shown him screenshots of text messages between the pair sent before filming started, and Stefan telling Joe to do whatever it takes to still be there until she got to sand. They also scrambled when they were confronted by everyone and tried to have this off-camera conversation about damage control. Yeah, I, look, it happens. I mean, this this is how I would go about it. This is the strategy I would mm-hmm. use if you're trying to come in with a pre-built relationship strategy. You come in, you acknowledge that you dated, you acknowledge that it was getting serious, but then paradise came up. You both saw it as an opportunity and it made you realize, you know what? Our relationship isn't that serious because we both want to go to paradise and explore other options. So we decided to cool it and we both came to paradise. But once we were here, what we realized is, shit, we actually do have real feelings for each other. That's all it takes. All you have to do is have a believable end to the relationship and then it rekindles in paradise and you're fucking fine. And by the way... This entire you thing. You need the believable end, though. That's very important. Absolutely. <laughs> Not, we hung out until the night before. And you, by the way, you also, this is part of why I think the preparation was the problem. You line up your timelines of the relationship. You don't say we hung out two times versus 10. The lies oh were, were the worst part of this, or maybe the worst part. How he treated Natasha during it was also part of the worst part. Like, it was all the, every, the worst part. <laughs> every, every level of how they handled this was just fucking <laughs> abysmal. But also, everyone watching this show should keep in mind, the producers set these scenarios up every fucking season. If the producers really wanted to help Brendan and Piper foster a relationship, they both would have come in in the first round. They don't do that, though. They let Brendan show up in the beginning, so he has to do this dance. He has to figure out some way to get roses until Piper comes. As we've heard in this very show, many of these players talk about their lists, who are their favorite people on these lists. The producers take those lists specifically to start arranging the cascading arrival of players to cause the most possible trauma. That's what they do every season. So you have to play this little game. You have to play this dance. And to say it's not a game Mm -hmm. is insane. So with that said, (laughs) do you now want to actually begin (laughs) our analysis of this game? (laughs) Let's get into it. Here we go. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. So portion one. All the way back on Monday night. <laughs> Can you remember that far back? I feel like I lived a thousand lifetimes since that. I remember every piece of it crystal fucking clear. It is burned into my brain. <laughs> These fucking two episodes were, at least in terms of the shit we talk about, probably the mm-hmm. best examples of strategy, bad gameplay, open acknowledgement of Instagram, clout, all the shit that we constantly are talking about. It was like mm-hmm. all of it was in these episodes, except for the first hour of this first episode, which was basically unwatchable <laughs> fucking drivel. You had portion one, Kendall showing up and having these meaningless conversations with GSJ about are they going to get back together and who wanted to move where? Who gives a shit? We know GSJ is not going to wind up with Kendall. This is just complete filler. Portion two of that same episode, we're still in this Kendall and Joe conversation. They do have this kind of interesting moment where they start reminiscing about how they met. And she mm-hmm. says that they're sitting on the, the bed where they had their first conversation. And she's like, oh, and over there, the farthest bed, that's where he had our, our first kiss. 
implying at least in my mind that nothing changes in paradise at all not even the positions of these beds that people are making out it's like i a made field. a note of this line also because <laughs> i was like oh so it wasn't at the bar false bachelor historian carl said <laughs> I, I made a note of it because I felt it was like a sports field. It's the exact same thing. It's like if you go to mm. the Fenway Park in Boston, you have the Green Monster, a giant wall in left field that like no other baseball field has. It's like Paradise has its own kind of features that don't ever change. I found that kind of interesting. We also saw a flashback series here, one in which Kendall so- tells Grocery Store Joe that the best place for picnics is a cemetery because they're pretty and no one goes there, which is exactly why people have sex there. Clues. People? You mean Trey? <laughs> I mean, by the way, I had a ton of messages in my DMs about how people have had sex in cemeteries after this, so... I've got some evidence. I had a ton of messages in my DMs about people shitting in the ocean after our last episode. <laughs> Take that for what you will. So, we get out of this conversation <laughs> with Kendall and Joe, and they're hinting at like they still love each other and blah, blah, blah. And we are reminded in this moment, again, this is a, a similar situation to Brandon and Piper, any of these other players coming in late. Why wasn't Kendall there from the beginning if the producers really want to help them figure things out? Because they wanted Joe to establish a relationship with somebody else and then send Kendall in as a human missile to destroy that. They mm-hmm. are trying to make things as difficult as they possibly can for every one of these people to build a relationship. That's what the show is. It is trauma. It is turmoil. Yeah, I mean, every bumper ends with, it's Hurricane, this lady's name. It's... <laughs> The Taj Nado, you know, the, all the critters are scattering. That's what we're watching for. Portion three, grocery store Joe tells Serena P that even though he had this little hint of drama, he actually love level ones her, wants to see where it goes, says she's his number one, starters Serena P. Portion four, we end this mini story of Noah and Abigail having trouble in paradise with them basically saying oh we're bad communicators let's still be this power couple what what is this fucking narrative that they're going on about with them like does anyone care there's been no turmoil in this other than like they had one conversation where it was like i don't know is something weird in our relationship and they're like maybe and then they're like nah we're pretty good that's the whole narrative of them i feel like they were like abigail is our sweetheart we're putting her first in the montage we're giving her first in we need a love story with her so they're trying to create little like bumps in the road for them which are nothing um oh did you notice this mari now gives this very weird itm she's breaking down everything that's happened so far with her and kenny with along with flashbacks but her hair is super done up and it looks like this is filmed postseason which made Mm. me be like I think her and Kenny are still together today. Interesting. That's, that's where my head went. I didn't get that it was filmed postseason, but I did notice that it, it obviously wasn't happening in this same time frame. And also, these little ITMs, like, that has no bearing on anything, really. It just seems like filler. And I feel like almost the whole first half of this episode, the first hour of it, was just filler. It was nothing happening. That con- like we're talking about that conversation between Noah and Abigail. 
it's nothing. They just have to I put two hours like of a show together. Compared to everything else that happened. No, because <laughs> at this point in the show, that other shit hadn't happened, and I was bored out of my fucking mind. Mm. I was like, oh my god, this. I I didn't know if I could get through this episode because I was so fucking bored. It did take me four hours to get through this one. I rest my case, Your Honor. It was bad. <laughs> it got very unboring very quickly, though, or around the halfway point. But here we see Tia and Kenny come back from their date, and uh, Tia and Kendall kind of pair off, and Mari pulls Kenny, and she L wants him here. She says she has feelings for him, and she needed to see him with other people to know how she felt, and she regrets the error of, of saying that she wanted to do an open options with him. <laughs> 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 Poor fucking Mari. And then... <laughs> Demi is telling all the other players at the bar that she doesn't like the drama, and Joe jokes that she thought there wasn't going to be drama in paradise. And then she's like, no, this specific drama. I'm over that, though. And then she ITMs that she feels like she's playing a weird game, and it's driving her crazy. And so we're starting to see now that Demi is melting down a little bit as a result of Kenny going off with other players. Uh, portion five... Demi asks Kenny about the date with Tia, asks about the conversation with Mari, and he basically OOs her options open. He says, everyone knows that we've been hanging out. I'm going to talk to everyone. And ITMs that Demi's possibly going to cut his throat and wear his head as a mask. <laughs> there was a moment in this conversation between them where he tells her that he's going to keep talking to Tia and Mari might talk to her and he just wanted to clear the air. And Demi says, I can't stand this. And she stares at him in this way that's like, I don't know if you watch pro poker at all, but there's like a couple of pro poker mm, players. Like there's a guy named Tom Dwan, for example, who does this, but there's a couple other guys who do it as well. They will just like, they'll make their play, they'll put their bet in the center, and then they will just fucking unblinkingly stare at whoever's next in line to do their bets to see if they can pick up a tell, basically, from anybody. And it's like, it's unnerving. They are like fucking Terminator robots. They just are like emotionless, unblinking, staring directly at the person. And Demi reminded me <laughs> of one of those pro poker players here when he's like, I want to keep my options open. She's just staring at him like, is this guy fucking with me? What's going on here? <laughs> and then she whispers, do you want to go to the boom boom room? In his ear. Do you want to go to the boom boom room right now? And he's like, well, I plan uh -huh. on just coming back and going to sleep. Her chemistry game in this moment is flat out rejected. It's the play itself wasn't an error because it did force Kenny's hand could have worked beautifully to derail both of his other relationships. It was uh, a bold move at the very least, an attempt at a power play, but it got fucking rejected. And that is a harsh rejection. When the chemistry game is flat out said no to, that's a tough, tough pill to swallow for poor Demi. Yeah, you don't want to do a Hail Mary boom boom. <laughs> I didn't even feel like this was a Hail Mary. I feel like Demi still felt that because of the initial boom boom encounter, that was her idea. She had some kind of power over him still. And this was mm -hmm. just her trying to exert that power again. And then no dice. And we'll get to another moment later where she tries to do it again and gets rejected twice. Oh, fucking Demi. Mm. But portion six, we open with Kendall and Thomas doing some lime play. He's juggling and she bounces one off her bicep. And that's how you know they really ain't got no footage when they're cutting to a fucking <laughs> dude doing a shitty juggling act with fucking limes. And you're just like, Jesus fucking Christ, this is what I have to watch. However, 
Paradise heats up immediately. Brendan and Natasha have this conversation about how every guy is trying to options open, saying things, doing things maybe they didn't entirely feel, go on dates when girls come and still leave it open. And Natasha says, do you think you're doing that? Brendan, I would be awful at that. I'm not a manipulative person. At least I don't think so in any way. It's not a gift of mine. (laughs) Not to compare ourselves, but the best times we've had being silly and goofy, that's the reason I want to be with you. You know what? He's fucking right. It is not a gift of his. He fucking played like (laughs) shit in this whole fucking game. I couldn't believe it. God, it was just such an easy setup. It was like, here, dude, just go do this layup and we win the game. And he takes the basketball and just fucking throws it into the audience. It's like, no, what are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? God, but of course, Natasha in an ITM loads her love level three and says she's hopeful with Brendan. And we know what that means. The producers are going to cut straight from your line of hope to... Piper comes in, 30 seconds sand. She comes in with a date card once again before Becca Kufrin. She still has not had a fucking date card. She's just twisting away on sand doing nothing. Look, I know that they're trying to protect her because she's obviously still the biggest star they have in the podcast world, at least in terms of official Bachelor Nation podcast. She hosts Happy Uh Hour. So I know they have to protect her. And that's a a tough thing to do when you throw somebody into this situation. And it's like, well, they kind of have to fend for themselves a little bit. We can do what we can do to insulate her from the real bad shit. But I honestly, that's why I think she's not getting date cards until like the situations are super planned out. Are perfect. Yeah. Like Aaron was already on his date. They were like, we're not having her be with Aaron. Exactly. We don't want that. We're going to only give her the date card when he's gone. Um, they did leave a line in there later that I was like, that doesn't seem like you're protecting the coof, but we'll get to it. Piper comes in, in her ITM, she's full on Brendan. I'm here to see Brendan. We get flashbacks of the rumor that was going around about her supposedly weeks ago. And Brendan's saying it's casual and it's deeper with Natasha than it ever was with Piper. Piper reads the date card. Choose someone you feel a spark with immediately before she even finishes reading the sentence. Brendan, will you go on this date with me? He's like, uh, right off the bat? Uh, yes. That's the last thing I expected. (laughs) I have, like, as we go through, or as I go through the episode, this is my note-taking process. I just kind of write as I'm taking the notes, like, this could be my error, this could be my play, things that pop out to me. This could be my error. That note is written like 50 times through the rest of this fucking document. It started with this one. I was like, she just picked him without talking to any of the other guys. What the fuck is she thinking? They didn't talk about this at all. You can't just fucking come in and be like, there you are. We did it. We're in paradise now. You have to play the fucking game. If you're going to play the game, which she later will go to that fucking line. But if you're going to play the game, play the fucking game. She's trying to bypass certain elements of it that are fucking required to make this strategy work. I couldn't believe this. And neither could Brendan. You saw it all over his face. He's just like, oh my God, why why are you doing this? I mean, the the prep work was not there. I just feel like, did she not know how far into paradise this was? Well, she was like, this is day one. Like, I could just be like, hey, you. I think they, I mean, this is something that emerges a little bit later, but this is my take on it, on what their emotions Uh are in these moments. 
they have talked about this. They have set this up as a plan. We're going to date outside. Yeah. Let's like pretend to break up or pretend that this was casual. We'll go into paradise, continue to date. I don't think they thought out the next steps that one of them is going to show up before the other one. And that player mm-hmm. is going to have to do some fucking tap dancing to stick around until the other player gets there. And wherever that tap dancing occurs, somebody's going to get their toes stepped on. And who the fuck knows who it's going to be because you don't know who's going to be in paradise and stuff. It winds up being Natasha Parker. And again, you don't go for a fucking made man. That's <laughs> it's, it's fucking so stupid. Every play they've made in service of this uh, strategy is just worse the next one is worse. The next one is worse. The next one is worse. And here it's just like they're adding more turds onto the shit sandwich. And then Natasha ITMs in tears that it's all fishy and everything she feared could be true. Is it possible? Producer Fuck. said, Piper, we don't have time for you to talk to anyone. You have to go in and pick someone. Is that possible? Yes. A hundred percent. I still think she should have picked someone else. If you're a, if you've already got this, this contract, I mean, there's just, you just can't go about it so blatantly. No, you can't go about it so blatantly and you have to respect the second audience, especially in paradise because you're, you're in the second audience. It's not like you're all playing for one person. It's not like you're really playing against everybody. You have to be there with them. You're all playing for each other. It's a very mm-hmm. weird game in terms of like its differences. And, and Kufrin talks about this to some degree too, the differences between Bachelorette and Paradise in this very episode. But yes, I think what you're saying is totally possible. The producers could have fucking gassed her up and been like, well, if he's the guy that you came here for, just go in and offer it to him. Sure, they can do that because they're trying to blow yeah. everything up always, of course. Now, the fallout from it is. One of the made people, Natasha Parker, is going to be emotionally damaged. But then the result of that, as we talked about up top, is she gains 200,000 Instagram followers and clickbait is going to be the most listened to fucking Bachelor Nation podcast for the next week or two for sure. It may overtake happy hour. So in doing oh, all of this, shit. they have boosted the revenue of that fucking project by probably double or triple. It's all... <laughs> It's all to to hype up their podcast at this point. Well, no, I mean, I don't think that they knew specifically that would be the outcome of this, of, you know, the machinations between Brennan and Piper and Natasha. I don't obviously think they could have predicted that Natasha would get a 200,000 follower Instagram bump from all of this. But I do think that they're fine to victimize any of the made players because that would obviously Bachelor Nation loves a victim mm-hmm. and you're going to get followers. Yeah. You're going to get attention for that positive attention when i was a child uh-huh i remember distinctly having to buy my mom a birthday present mm. i didn't have any money i had to go to my dad and say dad give me some money i gotta buy mom a birthday present so in effect he was buying it nonetheless uh-huh. i had to select it and i bought her a necklace it's very sweet and yeah i thought so but she didn't like it because she wanted a different necklace Mm. now there's orate orate is fine jewelry it's a brand founded by women for women pieces range from classic to statement to completely original and the best part about it the thing that makes me wish it would have existed when i was a child buying this necklace for my mom is that orate makes the jewelry you've always wanted but can never find i could have gotten her a necklace that she would have liked 
and it would have been insanely good quality because Orate's gold feels substantial and the diamonds sparkle and shine. Such high quality and so beautiful because it's all real gold. You can wear it and never have to take it off. You can shower, sport, sleep, cook. You could do anything. It's jewelry for life. All Orate pieces come with a lifetime warranty because they know it lasts. You're also going to be doing good when you're buying from Orate because it is ethically sourced and sustainably made. Their gold is never mined. Their gemstones and diamonds are also certified conflict-free so everyone can shop with a sparkling conscience. Mm. Orate also gives back and supports various causes ranging from the environment to social causes, empowering women, youth, and the children. And it is made by women for women. Orate was started by two friends during brunch when one got a green finger from an overpriced ring, sparking a conversation about how they were fed up with the traditional jewelry market. Orate was founded on the desire to shake up the jewelry market by offering modern women beautiful designs, amazing quality at affordable prices, and ethically sourced pieces that they can wear every day. You know, there's a modern woman in my life that I want to provide with a beautiful design. My own mother. And what I'm buying for my own mother would be the Orate Simple Pearl Necklace. It is a beautiful single pearl on a gold chain. It is demure. It is decadent with its gleaming pale sheen and soft lustre. The six millimeter Akoya pearl at the heart of this delicate beauty is the epitome of elegance. Simply teamed with a delicate gold trace chain it is a timeless addition to your jewelry that will never go out of style. I think this is going to look beautiful, adorn my mother, and hopefully it'll have a better result than when you were getting gifts for your mom. I hope your mom likes it because now Ori has teamed up with Klarna to make their items even more accessible to everyone. Basically, using Klarna, you can now shop and then pay over time. It's just a more flexible way to get what you want from Ori. For 20% off your first Orate purchase, go to oratenewyork.com slash roses, A-U-R-A-T-E-N-E-W-Y-O-R-K.com slash roses, and use the promo code ROSES. That's 20% off with no minimum spend, and they rarely have discounts as high as 20% off. So we encourage you to shop now while it is still going on. This is the best alpha out there, and it's exclusively for Game of Roses listeners. So once again, go to oratenewyork.com slash roses and use promo code ROSES to get 20% off. We all now live in the primary world. I'm speaking, of course, about <laughs> the internet, online, digital existence. And in that existence... We still buy things. We're still a consumer culture. Money is still all that matters. And when you're out there buying things in the primary world, you're, of course, doing it online. We're all shopping online. And we've all seen that <laughs> promo code field taunt us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online. They range from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands, even food delivery. 
This is how it works. Imagine you're shopping at one of your favorite sites in the primary world. When you check out, the honey button drops down and all you have to do is click apply coupons. You wait a few seconds as honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. And if honey finds a working coupon, you're going to watch prices drop. Honey saved me money on the chair I'm sitting in right now as we're talking about honey. You know, I actually went to a wedding this weekend and I danced my ass off, very sore, Can't barely can walk at this point. And when I got home last night, I was like, I need easy food. So I ordered a pizza and guess what? Save $10 on that pizza with honey. Damn. That's big savings on a pizza. It is big savings. And not only but did I not have to leave my house to eat, but I saved money <laughs> with Honey. And Honey has found its over 17 million members over $2 billion in savings. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash roses. That's joinhoney.com slash roses. We begin portion seven with continuing the errors of Brendan Marias. <laughs> he talks with Natasha. He says, obviously, this was not expected. It's a coincidence, I suppose. <laughs> I wrote, he tells her it was a coincidence that Piper showed up, and I just wrote like in 10 lines, LOL, 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 fucking coincidence, dude. What are you talking about? A, you both knew that you got invited to paradise before you came on. B, even if you didn't, it's 100% lock she's going to show up because the producers are going to try to fucking derail you with it. He tells Natasha the purpose of us being here is to figure out who our person is and there's an undeniable spark I've spent time with her already we have a certain connection I want to explore both he options opens her options Natasha why would you come here if you felt your connection with Piper was strong enough Brendan who said it was strong enough Natasha you're going on a date right now (laughs) that question why would you come here if you had a strong connection And this is something that's going to get asked again and again and again and again by various players. The reason is Instagram followers. And that's going to get openly stated by Brennan and Piper. But this is very similar to Thomas saying openly that he thought about being The Bachelor. Every fucking player on that sand is there for Instagram followers. Yes, maybe they'll find love. And they can even say that was their primary reason. But if you are not there for Instagram followers, if you're not there for clout, Delete your Instagram. Certainly don't be posting about the things that are happening on Paradise as they're happening in reaction to them. Certainly don't be using your social media to try and get clout (laughs) while you're accusing somebody on the show for doing just that. It's fucking the hypocrisy of that is insane to me. I felt exactly the same way. I was like, this is exactly like them saying I never thought about being The Bachelor. It's you're all lying. You are all influencers. Absolutely. That's the goal of the game, of going into it. Bachelor, Bachelorette, Paradise, any of it. The goal is to walk out of there with 100k or more Instagram followers so you can start selling SpawnCon, do your podcast, whatever the fucking version of it is that you want to do. That is Mm -hmm. the goal. 
And to accuse somebody of like that being a, a terrible thing is I just don't understand it. I don't understand how any of these players have a leg to stand on. And this goes back to the pro wrestling thing a little bit. This idea in pro wrestling of kayfabe, which is the wrestlers, they keep the story as though it's real. In wrestling, all the fans know it's not real. All the fans know the Undertaker is not really an undead mm-hmm. ghoul. They know that he's just a guy in a suit. But in <laughs> our beloved game, for some reason, the fans of this show don't get that. Many of the fans believe these are all real things happening and that producers are not manipulating them, that nobody there, like when somebody's like, I'm not here for the fame, they'll believe that shit. And it's like, but you have 500,000 Instagram followers. What are you talking about? It's also like now with social media and all of these Bachelor Nation hubs where all these people meet up and they hook up, et cetera. You don't need Bachelor in Paradise to find love, even if you are like, I want to date another person in, in Bachelor Nation. You come here for the clout. Yes, you come here for, and we'll get to this a little bit later. Marissa Gunn has this line where she's like, they came here for screen time. It's like, correct, because this is the only way that you get to be on the TV show is to go be on the TV show. You, you have to do that. That's how you get the Instagram followers. That's why you're here. I mean, when she was saying that, we'll come to. I'm I'm jumping way ahead of myself, but yeah, she's sitting next to I the know. pool. We're, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll we're get getting to ahead it. of I'm ourselves. So sorry, so <laughs> it's a heated up. You have no idea. Gore's I've been drinking on fire. fucking green tea this whole time. I'm just fucking wired. It's all fucking coursing through my fucking veins. I loved these episodes so fucking much. I cannot they were tell so you. Good. So good, and it's like you can start to see what's happening here. The show is fighting against Instagram. The show is openly admonishing anybody who comes into the game for the perceived reason of clout, Instagram following, fame, whatever. They're basically saying, don't fucking do this. We'll punish you. And it's like, guess what? Guess what, producers? You can't stop it because the world has changed. Instagram exists. All these people want to be fucking influencers. And you can get some of them to lie and pretend that they don't, but they Mm -hmm. all fucking do. And eventually that lie has to be given up. They are trying so hard to demonize this, the four TWR couples, etc. And it's only going to produce more savvy players. They're going to be like, oh, I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to do it how Brendan did it. Yes. This is helping the game. These are the first baby steps being taken by players to do real I mean, I almost said hardcore preseason strategy, but it's not. They did a very weak preseason strategy. The strategy was sound. The execution was bad. They should have talked more about it and really laid their their ducks in a row here. But what you're starting to see is now you've got two couples, and we're going to get to the second episode in a minute. You've got two couples essentially doing this. Within two or three seasons of Paradise, it's going to be all couples, and they will all have their shit together. There's not going to be an Um, opportunity to hear them talking about Instagram or fucking what they pre-planned. The producers won't even know what fucking hit them. Within three seasons, players control this game completely. It's two couples that the producers are telling us about. I believe more of these couples have met and are scheming this whole thing. I mean, we'll fucking get to it. Jacinia and Chris Conran met at the same San Diego hangout that he met Alana Milne at. She was there as well. They have yes. pictures of themselves <laughs> on her Instagram. No, but you don't understand how she's doing it is for TRR clues. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Fuck. All right. We're getting so sidetracked. Here um, we go. I know. I, it's heated. It's heated at Gore. I can't help uh, Gore oh. headquarters HQ. It's heated at Gore East. Um, Brendan <laughs> continues this speech. The time we've had it has been great. I love how you've been so incredibly understanding. It. This needs to be explored. She's like, I've been trying to make you feel comfortable. I'm dealing with this looming rumor, which hasn't been great for me. Brendan, I apologize for that. This is just purely coincidence. If the roles were reversed, I wouldn't feel particularly good about it. But you know, you would have to do what's best for yourself. And I would never want to keep you from an opportunity to explore something. I'm not going to keep myself from the opportunity to explore something. He turns this on Natasha as if like, well, I would never do to you what I think you're about to suggest I do. Just another misstep. Like, he doesn't know how to do this. He, he has the basic big pieces of the strategy correct. Pre-make the relationship. Fake a breakup. Come in, start dating each other on sand. How he's handling all of this is, it's the exact wrong way to do it. He sends Natasha into the arms of the Tropical Royale, the coup for herself, to play a shoulder to cry on. I was surprised Grocery Store Joe didn't pop up for a third-person hug here, and they could have gotten every <laughs> Bachelor Nation podcast host on screen at once. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they get Hannah Sluss to come out. I host a clickbait for what, a month. She hugs him. <laughs> I mean, grocery store Joe, after this, these couple episodes, I'm like, he has, he has a profit to make off of this show, I think. Like, the way he is company, man, company manning the process, praising the process to no end, demanding that people self-eliminate because they're 4TWR, when it's like, what, because you're first Sandy, you think you have, like, you have the most followers, you think you can say this? That, that second episode... We'll we'll get into it. It's, yeah, uh, I know. I'm already doing it again. I, I fuck okay. I, that shit with him. I just can't. I can't believe what we've seen. I'm sorry. Here we go. Let's let's stick I to know. the script. If we it's can. okay. It, we've been through a lot. We've been through a lot the last two days. I think yeah. it's okay that we're we're getting distracted. I still just can't believe I've seen any of what I've seen. I can't believe this yeah. shit is real. I know. And yet I can because we've been you didn't predicting it. Project it. Well, we've been talking about it for the last two years that these strategies were going to start to become more and more a part of the game you're going to start to see open gameplay mm -hmm. open gameplay speech and we just saw it in a way that was so fucking blatant that it is very hard for me to believe still is real and then we also saw the producer's reaction to it which is absolute not accepting it at all and punishing people who they do don't it. like these people no they don't and for me that means we are entering a very interesting period within our beloved game where you're going to just see a wave of hardcore players and the producers are going to try to stop them with bad edits, curveballs, all kinds of weird situations in game. And eventually players are going to get good enough that producers won't be able to stop them because they're not going to understand the strategies they're using. They won't even know that they are strategies. Do you think they ultimately are going to take away Instagram? How can they? Australian style. But even that didn't work. There was an Australian player who just yeah. made another Instagram. And those players all get their Instagrams back at the end of whatever, yeah. two months. And then they do SpawnCon and stuff. The only reason to go on the show is for SpawnCon. If you take away, if you're like, you can come on our show, but never have an Instagram. I don't even know how you'd enforce that. But if you mm -hmm. did, nobody's coming on the show again. Who wants to go through two months of fucking active emotional abuse by 
producers who are just fucking indemnified against any kind of legal repercussion or anything that you could do to them for nothing. To walk out of it with what? Nothing. Maybe you're engaged you to somebody. To get really drunk while opposite life coaches hurl situations at you. <laughs> yeah. How does it feel? Does it feel right? No one's doing that. I, I mean, Instagram is the only reason to go on the show now. TikTok. Yes, and TikTok. I forgot. <laughs> Facebook. Get your MySpace going. And Facebook. Um, they go off on their date, though. Natasha gets in some serious tear play here with the coof. They LL for each other. And we start our next portion. Portion number eight with the Piper and Brendan date. Here we go. This was one of the most important moments in the history of the Bachelor franchise. All 20 or what are we in? 19, 20 years, 21 years of it, whatever it is. Since March 25th, 2002, this is potentially the most important conversation that has ever had between any two players, at least in terms of gameplay. This was unbelievable to me. It was like I was watching a fucking dream. She is asking him, what the fuck is going on here? It seems like you're downplaying our relationship. And he keeps saying these phrases. Well, I had to figure out some way to navigate this situation get to this outcome where we're sitting here together. What he's saying is, without saying it, is I had to play the game. And it is a game. You have to get roses from people to stay on that beach. You have to win a prize. Literally, it is like Survivor in that way. And Piper understands what he's saying, and she eventually says to him, I get it. Thanks for playing the game. She says that. It comes out of her mouth. This is not Franken-bitten at all. You see it happen. You see text on screen if you've gone on your closed captions. Thanks for playing the game. This moment to me... Oh, I always have closed captions. You know. <laughs> I, don't I always, looked up... But... I tried to figure out a way to get a transcript of the show. I was like, there must be one if they always do closed captions, but I couldn't figure it out. If anyone knows, DM me so I stop transcribing every episode. But Brendan says, very glad you're here. Happy to see you. Piper, I didn't know I was walking into it. I'm not deaf to the murmurs and whatnot. Not really here to be for drama. Here for you. Hoping to pick up where we left off. Brendan, good. Piper, do you have friends here? Brendan, a lot of the girls are awesome and funny. Not to sound cocky, but a lot of the girls were interested in talking to me. As far as relationships and connections, Natasha and I got to know each other. Had fun. We exchanged roses. Your name has been brought up. The girls probably think I was just waiting for you. They asked if we were dating. And why are you here if you're with Piper? I played it. I handled it cool, calm, and relaxed. (laughs) Piper and I met not too long ago. Nothing exclusive. Never promised to leave paradise as a couple. What's wrong? (laughs) He's like trying to have this conversation where he is relaying this information, but not in a way where he is relaying this information. Yeah, he's using like this weird coded language. And it's like, dude, in this moment, this is when you can openly just talk about your plan with her. Because this footage isn't going to be shown to the other players. This is when you can just sit there and be like, we did it. We're in. Now here's what we need to do. Okay, you're going to go out and have a conversation with whoever. I'm going to go out and have this conversation. We're going to fucking lock up. 
and boom, we're on it. The only reason he's losing Instagram followers is because people are pissed about how he treated Natasha. And that is pretty fucking unforgivable, what he did. Mm -hmm. I think if they come in, call it villain, call it what you want, heel turn, baby face to heel turn, whatever you want to call it. If they would have only been having these conversations (laughs) with each other and they would have treated everybody else, the second audience with respect, I think they actually do get an Instagram bump out of this because it would have been revolutionary. My friend just texted me, this was the best Bachelor in Paradise episode I've ever watched. <laughs> I mean, it's fucking up there. It's really, really up there. Um, Piper then <laughs> isn't picking up on the coded language. I feel like you're downplaying what we had leading up to here. I'm trying to understand the disconnect. I'm here for you. I feel like I'm missing something. She ITMs. I don't know why we're speaking like, like we've literally never met before. Before we got here, it was a budding, progressing relationship. I don't think I would have flown my ass here if I wasn't sure it was something I was sure of my feelings. And this lack of preparation by Brendan and Piper was my error, 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 error of the game. Yes, this is a strategy that we discuss on this podcast all the time we even suggested it specifically for them in our opening clip but you don't talk about it you don't you need to come off as genuine as possible and that means being prepared piper should have pulled everyone before asking brendan they should have aligned on their timelines they shouldn't have openly discussed instagram numbers while mic'd up brendan shouldn't have openly discussed natasha not having prospects with a producer You have to tie up your loose ends and create a strong narrative. Say Brendan was too much of a player, wanted to keep options open. Then in BIP, date other people. Have him realize that he wants to be all all eggs, one basket with Piper. This, This conversation between them, to me, represented this disconnect and poor planning. But... Like you're saying, riddled with errors. Yeah, the whole thing. this was like error number 10 for them in my list of errors. I gave my error <laughs> of the game to one of their later errors. But I agree with you. This conversation was just hard to watch because it's like, dude, we get it. Like, who are you fooling at this point? Because she's in on the plan with you. You should be open with her about the plan at this point. But again, I did love that she said, thanks for playing the game. And all of this... The third audience chooses to put in the document. They leave it in there for us because they are then going to edit them to become villains. And they are telling us as the fourth audience, if you think you're playing a game, here's what you get. You get punished. Because this show is about people finding love. But let us, the producers, work our Machiavellian magic to have people show up on Paradise five days before the person that they really want to meet, so they have to fucking figure out how to stay here. <laughs> but it's about finding love. <laughs> we assure you, this is not a game. Not it's, a game. It, the hypocrisy of the third audience is like <laughs> ever-present, obviously, but here, extremely so. Uh, Piper Love Level 1's Brendan says, I need a little more of the real you. Why'd I come here if I'm not getting the person I like so much? If there's something you're not telling me, let me know. He says, I don't know what you mean. Certain things that had to be done. Certain ways I had to navigate things to bring us to this particular moment. I Like, I can't have a girlfriend entering this whole journey. Piper, not a good look. Brendan, if I tell everyone Piper might be coming, nobody would talk to me. I would go home. 
Piper, I'd be here twiddling my thumbs. He says, I was navigating this in a way to allow myself to potentially hopefully be here while you're here. Piper, I get it. Thanks for playing the game. And they share a laugh. And then they get a little kiss there, and we get some off-camera, off-face lines from Piper. She says, he's my boyfriend. I went back, and I re-listened to this about a hundred fucking times. She doesn't say mm-hmm. that. This is Frankenbitten all to shit. I don't know what she actually says. I don't know if they're yeah. cutting, like, syllables of words together to make these words. I have no idea, but she did not say that. I, I she would could have fucking... been saying, it's not like I came here being like, this is my boyfriend. Sure. Could have been anything like that. They are. I mean, I'm not saying that that they didn't say what they said that we saw them say. Certainly that is true. But there's some shit they didn't say that the producers are using here to really pump this up, to make them as villainous as possible. And we see that happen, obviously, from time to time. They did it with Victoria Larson a lot. She got Frankenbitten a lot to make her worse than she was. Sorry, I just want to go back to some of this earlier language. Piper says, I wish I had been a little bit more privy of that before. Brendan, how would I have told you this? Emailed you? Stolen a phone? Piper, write me a letter. Brendan, it makes me sad. You thought I was downplaying the connection we had. You know how I feel about you. You know what we've talked about. Hope you trust me and trust what we built prior to this. No matter how you feel in some of this, the optics of it might look weird and awkward. My tone of voice and the way I word things. But trust me, we have to have each other's backs taking advantage of what paradise would promote together piper fantastic everyone can hate us together that's fine too yeah they're fully embracing the villain role here they don't give a strong villain at it you know piper hasn't lost many followers at all she's kind of holding steady by the way seems that Hmm. marias is the one taking the true hit here well she didn't say the nasty things about natasha no and that's what i'm saying i don't actually think that people are as by people, I mean us, the fourth audience. I don't think most of the fourth audience really gives a shit about their pregame strategies. I think it is more about how Brendan just fucking treated Natasha so terribly in what is going to be pretty soon. Uh, it'll be my play of the game, actually. Not for him, but for Natasha. We're about to get to it. So the next Ooh. morning, uh, Brendan Piper are now in a full-on relationship, and everybody on the beach knows it. They have played the game, and uh, here they are, continuing to play it in front of everyone. And Bonsall wonders out loud if they had something pre-established before Paradise. Uh, yes, James Bonsall, they did, and you should have too. So should yeah. have everyone. That's how this works. <laughs> Natasha ITMs, after last night, it seems like Brendan is dating or in a relationship with Piper. I know what he's told me, and now that doesn't seem so accurate. I need to remove myself, separate myself from the speculation because I'm a, just a person and want to go to the source. I'm not a human lie detector. And Natasha gets a frothy drink to perform... <laughs> A steal. We all think she's going to grab Brendan, but no, she pulls Piper. God, this is a great move. Natasha, like being the target of this, she made, I feel like, all the correct plays in it. And this was the first one where it's like, fuck Brendan. Let me talk to you, Piper. Let me see if I can corroborate what he said. And indeed, she cannot. She's questioning Piper about this. And Piper's like, oh, no, we met like two months ago, hung out maybe like 10 times. And she's like, OK, well, he told me one month and you hung out twice. So immediately <laughs> his fucking lies are just <laughs> exposed from the get go. Natasha 
pulling Piper first <laughs> and performing a thorough 4TRR fact-checking investigation was my play, 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 play of the game. I loved this move by Natasha. She is cool and collected as she performs every little move of this correctly to set up one of the most powerful heartbreak edits we've ever seen. Which is incredible when you think about it since she we've only seen her kiss Brendan one time. And they've only known each other for five days, don't forget. So all of the giant emotional trauma that you're watching <laughs> on this show is happening in the course of five days. You can believe that's real if you want. I tend to think it's a little over-dramatized on everyone's part. They're all actors, at least a little bit. But then we get this strange cut. This was a great play, by the way. I agree with you. I had one later that I, I gave my play the game to, but this is like one of her, her best ones in this game. Then we get the strange shot of Brendan talking to somebody off camera saying that Natasha had zero viable prospects. It wasn't like he was taking a rose away from somebody. We don't see who he's talking to, but this is the first time the producers are laying in this real like asshole vibe to him that he's like, well, she couldn't have fucking dated anybody anyway. Mm -hmm. I wasn't taking a rose away. And you're like, whoa, dude, that's not necessary. Why the fuck are you saying that? <laughs> Trying to, I guess, make himself feel better. I, He's definitely talking to a producer here. Otherwise, they would have showed. Seemed like it, exactly. And then we get this shot of DeAndre Canoe sitting next to Riley Christian and Marissa Gunn in a swimming pool. And she says, why would you come here? For television time? For screen time? She's saying this as a fucking television camera is one foot from her face shooting footage of her to go into the show for TV time, for screen time. The answer is yes. DeAndre Canoe, that is why everyone is here, is to come on a TV show. That's the whole purpose of this. Um, finding love. If you want to find love, as you've already clearly established, you don't need this TV <laughs> show for that. You can date any of these people that you want by sending them a DM because you're in the Bachelor world. That is how it fucking works. That's how Brendan and Piper first fucking met. That's how Jacinia Cruz met fucking Chris Conrad. That's how Alana Milne met fucking Chris Conrad. That's how everybody fucking meets in the Bachelor world now. You don't have to come on Paradise for it. The only reason all of these people are here is TV time. And maybe to have two weeks off. Some of them are getting paid more than others. Certainly there's that. It's a job. but this i just can't understand the hypocrisy of this i'm never going to be able to and i know that it's mm -hmm. like playing to camera a little bit and the producers obviously put it in the show to float the idea that like there's two kinds of players some players don't care that it's a tv show at all that's just coincidental to them they just came mm -hmm. to mexico to date and there happens to be tv cameras around it's absurd Natasha and Piper continue this conversation. Natasha's like, I felt the way you came in was very much for him. P Piper, it's not like we came into paradise like this is going to be our plan. Natasha, that's what it sounds like. Go there, <laughs> meet a girl, lie to her until I get there, and then we will just be on a TV show. And woohoo, yay followers. Life, let's be this TV couple. Piper, I'm not trying to be a TV couple where we're like vlogging everything we do or whatever. She, she's like, Instagram, right? Not yeah, vlogging? That <laughs> That's like what I'm saying, even when Natasha's saying it. And I think she was the best player of, of both of these games. But still, it's like, quick clickbait. Delete your Instagram account then. If it's not about clout, like, why do you continue to pursue it? 
make your Instagram private and don't let anyone follow you. If you really just want to use Instagram for friends and family and not have SpawnCon, I just, again, it's the hypocrisy of it. Natasha tries to ask, like, would you be exclusive going forward or are you going to explore things? I love, I mean, this continued investigation of like tying up every loose end. She's like, so would you accept a date card from someone else? Is that what you're saying? Piper, I don't see someone coming in being like, Piper, come on a date. I would be like, I don't know you. I love that answer. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know you. We didn't come up with a pre-plan, so why would I go on a date with you? (laughs) Natasha, that's what this is. (laughs) I feel like a casualty in this convoluted plan. I truthfully don't think you guys should be here. So Piper is loading the Salt Eggs one basket for Brendan, which we, you know, assumed this whole time. Natasha ITMs, the stories are not coinciding, so I was played 100%. I let this human swindle me, this con artist. What's the point? TV. Excuse me? No, she says to the TV camera. I know. There's, again, it's, I just don't even understand how the cognitive dissonance can exist for someone to be saying that into a television camera. (laughs) What's the point of this? To be on TV, she's saying that into a camera as a producer is sitting right next to it asking her questions to be used in their television program. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. It's <sighs> our beloved game. I love it. <laughs> it you have to too. hold all these different things at once. Brendan Piper. Brendan says, we'll look back on this and laugh one day or it'll be the worst decision we've ever made. <laughs> Piper, don't say that we'll that we'll laugh. Did you guys go on Paradise? I don't own a television. Brendan, yeah, what is that? <laughs> and then Natasha gets the last word in an ITM saying that they should go home and stop wasting everyone's time as though this entire show isn't a waste of everyone's time. Portion 10 begins. Natasha pulls Brendan now while ITMing that he's a liar who just wanted to be with Piper. And Brendan flounders trying to explain that he thought it might have become more than a friendship, but there's a major distinction between that and romantic relationship, and he doesn't think they broke through to the romantic level, and (laughs) Natasha is like, yeah, you didn't say that, though. And Brendan accuses her of having selective hearing. That's a bad one. Do you think that is a worse... Which line is worse? Him saying Natasha had no prospects or telling Natasha she has selective hearing? To me, it is the selective hearing that I think is, God, I like this yeah. and another thing, we're close to my errors of the game. I'm going to give it a co-error of the game. Fuck it. This was my first <laughs> error, 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 error of the game. Gaslighting Natasha. Yeah. I mean, this is like, I'm not going to use the word gaslighting necessarily, but like, it's there. Like, I'm watching it. That's the feeling you get. I'm not going to use the word either. It feels like maybe it's in that vein. It's in that ballpark. And again, this is all pro wrestling. The producers are showing us what they want to see. Yes. I don't, I view this only as a game. None of it is real. Nonetheless, you're seeing the effects of this on his fucking Instagram followers. The dude is just bleeding Mm -hmm. them off. Let, let me take a look and see what he's at right now, in fact. By the way, Cruz was telling me that we started this and someone had made a website to track his follower count going down. He's that at 285. Is, if that's not the result of an error, I don't know what is. This is the, one of the biggest losses 
of all I time. I remember. Uh, in a yeah, single night? It's fucking crazy. Record breaker. I, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this. So, and I think that this, this first error in my error of the game that I'm going to give to him, <laughs> it was like, there's no need to say that. You can get through this conversation and you know you're going to have to have it. If you're going to fucking pull off your plan, you know you're going to have to deal with Natasha. There's a way to go about it that is easier to go through this. You just say like, look, I'm really sorry. I think we did have something. But when she came in here, that switch just flipped for me. And all the shit that I was Mm -hmm. feeling for her before this came back. And I know it's shitty. I know this is a terrible fucking thing to do to you. And I don't want to have to put you in this position. But I got to be honest. Like, I feel something for her. And that's really what Paradise is about. Like, we have to follow that, you know? That's all you got to say. Instead, he's out here like, look, what you think you heard, you didn't fucking hear, okay? (laughs) And by the way, you think you got options? Dudes don't want to fucking date you. It's like, what are you doing? None of that is necessary. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, she's like selective hearing. I do, I don't. I have selective hearing because you were not direct. Are you here because of this TV show? That's what it feels like now, and that's fucked up. Brendan, you're entitled to your opinion. Okay, she says. Okay, Brendan, if someone comes down with a date card, wants to take you on a date after the date you had yesterday, would you go, Brendan? Out of respect of the process of getting to know Piper more, I think last night turned my feelings for her into strong feelings and just reassured me this is something I want to pursue and understanding my strong feelings for her. Natasha, understanding your strong feelings for her that didn't develop yesterday is what I'm trying to tell you is the hurtful thing I was unaware of. It's unbelievable. This is this conversation. Um, she says she would have explored other things. Brendan, what would you have explored? That's... That's fucking hard. Uh, She says, it wasn't just you I was interested in on the first day. Sorry to burst your bubble. But if you were honest and said you had a strong connection, I would have explored others. You said you guys hung out twice. She said 10 times. That's a lie. Brendan, I don't recall saying twice. If I said that, that was, Natasha, a lie. As far as like going out to dinner, but in a group setting, it's been a handful of times. I mean, she came to Boston, so we probably hung out a handful of times. She came to Boston. And she's like with a group of people, and he fucking has like this dry swallow moment, and he's like, no, myself. And she's like, oh, fuck. At one point in this, Natasha laughs in his fucking face at some bullshit he's saying, and Natasha's handling of this interrogation of Brenda Marias was my play, 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 play of the game. This is it. This is the fucking heavyweight fight. This is what we came to watch during this game. And she walks away from this the clear fucking victor. She makes him get caught in his own web of lies. She laughs in his fucking face. And she comes out of it as not only a victim, but as also a champion. We at simultaneously, mm-hmm. we feel bad for her and happy for her. That is a hard fucking thing to do. She does it beautifully in this fucking conversation. And she's now obviously reaping the rewards. I think this conversation really was the cherry on top of this entire game for her. And it is, I think, primarily why she has the uh, 200,000 Instagram follower bump. Congrats to her. 
you hope for a situation like this when you go into paradise, I feel like. And she got one and she Mm -hmm. fucking played it perfectly. She got every ounce of value out of this. It was fucking beautiful. Yeah, I would say it's sort of like a two-part play of her interrogation of Piper and her interrogation of Brendan, which led to this hero's moment. And one of the, like, I mean, certainly the largest Instagram gain we've seen this season. Um, it was just beautiful to behold. And, you know, just every little thing she gets in there. She's like, so... If this situation happens, what will you do? If there's another date card, would you go? She's like, okay, so you guys are saying you're exclusive after one date? Okay. Like, just making them get it on paper, get all of the receipts. Just beautiful. Beautifully done. She really established herself. I mean, I know she's a host of Clickbait. I feel like in this conversation, she established herself as, like, one of the most important figures in the nation over the past year. Mm-hmm. She really elevated herself to a new level of clout. You want to talk about getting clout? Like, she fucking did it. She's at a different Absolutely. level now because of this. She's in, I'm seeing fucking crown contention Yeah, things about her on the internet. Make her the bachelorette. Unreal. She gets the last line. Go enjoy paradise. He says, what are you going to do? I don't know, but you don't have to act like you care anymore. The act is over. And that act ends the act of the episode. End portion. And then portion 11, we see Becca Kufrin and Tia, everybody else kind of talking about the situation that's going on and shitting on the idea of Instagram followers and getting paid to hang out, even though that's what they're all doing as well. Natasha says she thinks his plan was to make it through until Piper came, and then they would continue to build their connection here on ABC. And she makes that a kind of sarcastic remark. And it's like, well, um, you know, what really has happened is all of the people in this game have careers because of ABC. They're all there to build connections and get Instagram followers on ABC. I just will never get over it. It, it just never fucking no, rings true to me. The 4TRR players are going to be on a different network. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> ABC is a 4TWR network. But then we see Piper and Brennan having this open conversation, sitting uh, off to the side with each other about Instagram followers as they sit on a daybed And they start talking about an article that came out in Us Weekly that got Piper a 10K bump and it made her hit 70K. And I think I remember reading that article. It's it's one of the articles that came out around the time we did our little news piece. And he tells her the best part about this is the amount her name is going to be brought up before she even came to the show. She's going to get more screen time before she steps on the sand. They're playing at this this level that is like they should have talked about all this shit before they came there you cannot openly discuss instagram followers gains any of that shit while you're in the fucking document and this open discussion of instagram followers was my second (laughs) error 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 of the game For, I'll, I'll share this one. It was Brennan and Piper. It was both their error. They both did it, but it was like, fuck, I want to see that shit, but I want to see it done right. There are ways to interject this type of talk without burning your whole fucking house down, which is what they do here. I mean, I am guessing all of these people have had conversations just like this. This is all of their jobs. All of these, I mean, some of them still have other jobs, like um, I assume Riley is still a lawyer, but most of them, this is their full-time job. It would be amazing for me if they spend 24 hours a day together and never bring up Instagram or their followers. 
Of course. And in fucking prior seasons of Bachelor in Paradise, people are calling each other by their Instagram handles. They called Deanie Babies Deanie fucking Babies. They used that as his name. They called Blake Hortzman Baylock High. Of yeah. course these players are talking about fucking That's why we go by Instagram. our handles. Exactly. <laughs> it inspired us. Especially when you have heavy hitters like fucking Kufrin and Demi and Tia coming in. Everybody on that beach knows exactly how many Instagram followers they have because they're in the fucking million club. They all know this shit, but you just can't say it out loud. That's the, the kind of hypocrisy. The lie of the show is that you can't openly say these things. But even like with Thomas, we had our, our conversation with Popeye and D-Man 43, that's Peter Weber and Dustin Kendrick, and they told us that producers sit you down and talk to you before the season even begins and let you know that some of you are going to get famous. One of you is even going to be The Bachelor. So that idea is already addressed by the producers before you even start shooting. You just can't say it. Mm-hmm. And that is the, the crazy hypocrisy of the situation. You can't say it. And this conversation, I feel like, is also... It's fair to give it a double error, to be honest, because... This is what is driving the gains and losses that we're seeing. People are up in arms about this in the nation, and they're like, well, you think you could get more followers? We won't be tricked. We're going to lower your followers. Yeah, that is also like a very interesting thing, the relationship of the fourth audience with these players and with Instagram. It's like, if you openly talk about it, fuck you. But if you just keep making posts, we'll follow you. It's very interesting to me. That this idea of 4TR still has to be maintained. This is the, it's kayfabe, it's babyface, it's heel, it's all the pro wrestling shit. It's like these, there's a contingent of the nation that believes this is real and they will fucking use that to unfollow you or follow you or whatever. And then there's a contingent that doesn't believe it's real, that thinks it's a game like pro wrestling. And I'm just watching the stories. I'm watching who's the fucking villain. I'm seeing how they react in these things. And there is a level of play to it as well, obviously, that pro wrestling doesn't quite have. But I would argue that pro wrestling has like certainly a level of athleticism. Like the pro wrestlers, all of those fucking people are like highly skilled athletes that are doing shit most people will never come close to being able to do. But the outcomes of the matches are all fixed. You know, those, that's like the, the fake storyline. At any rate. Someone who doesn't maintain it's a game is grocery store Joe, who ITMs. <laughs> There's a lot of shady shit going on in paradise. Maybe it's the power of social media that people are just connecting more and scheming things and coming up with plans. It never works. Guess what? It does work. Dale but Moss. when people do it poorly, they get caught. Dale fucking Moss. Do I need to say anything else? Of course it fucking works. Dale fucking Moss. It's parasocial relationships. You can even go all the way back to fucking Bob Guinea. Not that they had social media back then, but that's season four. People watched him. Women watched him on his season of Bachelorette, season one. And when he became Bachelor, they were already in love with him on night one because they had seen him go through a whole fucking season. Of course this works. And at grocery store, Joe wouldn't even be here if it weren't for social media. He is a night one guy who got talked about on Twitter over and over so that he made the cut of paradise. And that is why he is here today. Grocery store Joe, you should be thanking social media. It made you. GSJ, you can like him, you can hate him. GSJ don't get it, though. I don't know what he thinks he truly owes his status within the nation to. He's got 600 and some thousand followers. 
one of the top of the beach. Yeah. I, I don't know if he thinks these people are somehow coming to his social media through other means that are not social media. I don't understand what his beef against social media is. It's his entire career. He says, this place is set up pretty great. Come here, be yourself, have a good time, follow the few rules. To me, that's more exciting than coming in with a strategy. Why are you coming in with a strategy? Don't come. Easy to say when you're first male sand grocery store, Joe. Not everyone is first sand. And then we get some other... Deandra again ITMing that she thinks the only reason they're here is for clout and to be on TV. Natasha tries to get Ivan to admit that Brendan fucked up, but he won't. I found that pretty interesting. Yeah, that might have been an error. We'll see. I don't think it's going to affect Ivan's followers at all, but it's interesting. I don't think it will either, but I believed in him more than that. Well, also, this is like a throwaway line. It's it's five seconds of screen time. The producers chose to put it in. So they're doing something a little dirty to Ivan here. And Natasha ITMs that uh, they should leave. They shouldn't be there. And then Brendan has this little moment where he tries to cover his microphone and says that he's incriminating himself enough at this point. I mean, that's definitely an error. You know? You don't ever fucking say that in any circumstance. If you're on The Bachelor anywhere in life, you never say, I'm incriminating myself. Ever. No. That made me be like, how is this man not in jail? Just somehow. How has he not ended up there? Fuck. And then we, sh- we see the promo. We're going to get some more players showing up, and Kufrin's going to finally go on her date. And then we get this tag of Serena and GSJ doing this blindfold taste test. She puts some cheese in his mouth, some ham. He's grossed out by it, a strawberry. And then we get a kiss, and he jokes that it seems like he's kissing Abigail. And we then begin the second episode. <laughs> Oh no. All right. We've only done one. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Episode number two. Because this one had a lot of shit in it too. Episode number two. We open with some lizards puffing out their throats. And then we see two parrots walking along a rope as Kendall Long is talking about how birds don't have dicks and they rub holes together. And these birds were not my birds of the week, my creatures of the week. But they came very close. Oh, they came very we got close. That, that part in though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we get Demi's second blocked boom boom room invitation to Kenny. This was rough to watch. Also, it, it seems like it's eight a.m. and he's just like waking up trying to get the fucking day going. She's like, "Want to go to the boom boom room right now?" And he's like, "Huh? Right now?" <laughs> She's just going hard at it with her chemistry game, and it's failing again and again. I do feel bad for Demi in these moments, but she has to diversify her game. You can't rely solely on the Boom Boom Room. It worked very well that first time. As soon as you get rejected from it again, you abandon it, and you go to something else, or you use it on someone else. But yeah, you can't keep going to Kenny Brash with it. And then we see the third host makes his arrival. It's Titus Burgess. He comes in singing and introduces himself as the rainbow after the storm. And he says that he has a pot of gold. He's throwing a party, a tight ass party with a bunch of VIPs, but only some people are going to be allowed to show up at this party. And this is very similar to uh, Goose and Crystal's wedding on that season of VIP, where it was selectively mm-hmm. they invited some players. The players are going to be Becca, Aaron, Noah, Abigail, Kenny, Jacinia, Chris, Riley, DeAndre, James, Thomas, and Demi. And this is incredibly open producer manipulation here. 
They are splitting up some couples in the hopes that this will derail them. And they are putting together some people like Kenny and Demi in the hopes that that can derail the thing that's going on with Mari. And of course, we, uh, we see that Marissa and Riley are assuring each other that nothing to worry about. If you're Riley in this situation and you want to stay with Marissa or anybody who's in a couple, you simply decline the invitation. You simply do not go to this party. There is no way the producers mm-hmm. can force you to do that. Now, as it turns out, Riley and Marissa do seem pretty strong. I don't think that was really ever in, in any kind of a threat. But anytime the producers do some shit like this where it's like, only some players are going to get to go do this thing, just don't fucking do it if you don't want to. You always have that option. Ivan also brings up the idea of crashing the party, which doesn't actually pan out. We don't see anyone do it. I was, I was ready like, for that shit. Do it. Yeah. Well, it, as we saw... Later, when Jacinia leaves the party, it required some kind of a shuttle to get there. And so I think the idea of crashing, it's not something you can just do. You would have to have significant third audience help to be able to do it. I think Mari could have, could have gotten that if she wanted it. Um, we see Tammy is worrying about Thomas going, but she tells him she wants him to choose to come back to her and not feel obligated. I really like you. Love level ones, Thomas. They make out but tells others if he comes back with someone, I'm going to punch him. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues, uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of... That beautiful mind clues. Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, it has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is, is kind of a, a, it's a lot to undertake and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Clues, it is springtime. It is the off season. It is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues, who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. (gasps) I'm a source boy, Quince boy. Let's you got no go. idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. <laughs> Just call me Quinced. King Quinces, Okay. they call me. 
I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince king yourself or Quince queen. Go to Quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. Clues. Mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist. And you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in Onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in Kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they're both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. Everyone listening to this is mammalian. We are all mammals. Mm -hmm. And mammals have a few things in common. One of those things is, at some point in our lives, we have hair. And most of you have probably heard me sing the praises of pros, the world's most personalized hair care product. And for those who haven't, we're going to tell you about the incredible results that we are seeing using customized products by pros. Pros knows there is more to you, a mammal, than just your hair type. Pros has given over (laughs) 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started. You answer all these questions about your like environmental factors, how much UV rays exposure you get, how much pollution, humidity there is, etc. Things that I didn't even realize could really affect your hair, but they can. Of course, I famously have damage 100% of the quiz results, but the leave-in conditioner that I got after taking this quiz from Pros is one of my favorite products that I have ever tried. It is a little light mist. I only do a spray or two on my hair when it's wet and it dries and it is so soft. It is so shiny. I get tons of complos. I feel like pros is making my hair so much better um, in a way I didn't really realize was possible. Uh, Pros analyzes over 85 personal factors with this quiz, determines a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concerns. So mine is, of course, dealing with the bleached hair situation. Pros also has a review and refine feature and lets you tweak your formula for any reason, like a change of address, hair color, or your diet. As a carbon neutral certified B Corp, Pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. All their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty-free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. 
If you're not 100% positive, Pros is the best hair care you've had. They will take the products back, no questions asked. For all those mammals out there, Pros <laughs> is the healthy hair regimen with your mammalian name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and you're going to get 15% off your first order today. You go to pros.com slash roses. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash roses for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. And so we get to this group party, essentially group date. What is this fucking... <laughs> I mean, what is this? It's some weird room. It's in quotes a club that's at this all-inclusive resort. There's a DJ. Is there music actually playing? I have to imagine no. Because how the fuck are they recording their audio if there's actual like source music at the place? I think there's absolutely not. I think they're probably dancing not. to nothing. I think all I of think their shots are dancing to nothing. I but they it they don't do it in a cool way. They they make it look awkward as hell. They should at least play real music for the to get the slow motion shots of them dancing. This is something they do on Love Island all the time. They'll have them go yeah. to like some beach club and they'll be dancing. They'll get that slow mo. Um, and we get here an interesting little runner. Chris and Jacenia kiss. Chris says, "Every time I've kissed you, I've kept my eyes open so I can relive your season." Jacenia, you're lying. Chris, of course I'm lying. I'm not a psychopath. This is calling Matt James a psychopath. And it's the second time they've made fun of a bachelor's kissing style, which they did to Colton. Now they're doing it to Matt James. And then Titus Burgess shows up at his tight-ass party and introduces four new players. We get Chelsea Vaughn, Alana Milne, Alaya Benavidez, and McKenna Dorn, the face god. And he says something here when they come in. Some of you will be able to come back to the beach. So this in itself is a game for these four new players to come in to make some kind of a connection that will allow the producers to think they can blow up some relationship on sand. And we then see Jacinia expressing concern over Alana Milne's appearance because she, in quotes, threw herself at Chris Conran in San Diego. Whereas I suppose Jacinia played a more respectable, slow approach to Conran in San Diego at that exact same event. Play styles are going to be tested here against each other, apparently. And then Conran takes Milne for some one-on-one -on -one time, and he tells her that Jacinia has been sweet to him, but Milne says, well, you should be focused on me right now, and Conran does just that. He gets a kiss. They get a chemistry game going here, and the producers then force Jacinia up some stairs to walk in and see this kiss, and Conran knows that he's caught. They keep cutting back to sad girls on the beach, Marissa and Mari and Tammy. They are like, do we even know if they'll be back tonight? And I was like, this would be great. They do a Casa more type thing. This is like Love Island where they have them go. They split everyone up for a weekend with new new hotties. But they didn't. Chris and Alana are kissing. Alana asks if you feel bad. Abigail's playing the shoulder to cry on for Jacenia. Jacenia, ITM, she felt completely blindsided. Chris goes to her and says, I've tried to figure out where I am because you're such a sweetheart, amazing person, gorgeous, had a lot of fun, struggling right now. Jacenia, that sounds different from what you told me yesterday. Chris, both of you guys were on my list. You were my number one, but I didn't think I'd have feelings for her walking in. Jacenia, what should I expect? Chris, I don't know. 
And then Alana comes over and attempts a steal. Jacinia successfully blocks, and Conran buries his face in his hands, and we get an ITM with the smoke bro Chiron from Conran talking about Alana being a curveball. Burgess then says there are more surprises. It's not over yet. And he takes them into another room where Olivia Holt performs her song next. Holt has 5 million Instagram followers and is so far the most famous person that we have seen in the program this year. The players dance around to the song. Conran and Alana are making out openly in front of Jacinia, And Riley reprimands Conran in an ITM calling his open kissing a male in front of Cruz one of the most disgusting, dishonorable things you can do to somebody. He's playing a very hardcore 4TRR game through and through here, even in his ITMs, not even to other mm-hmm. players. He's just telling this <laughs> shit to producers. I mean, that's fucking intense. And Bonsall ITMs a straight 4TWR <laughs> accusation of Connor in here. And then Deandra calls it a little Brendan and Pipery. She thinks Alana and Connor might have had a prior relationship. Guess what? So did Jacinia and Connor. We've seen literal photographs of them hanging out before Paradise. I don't understand why one no. is okay and the other is not. The, at least what the producers are giving us, they're not making that clear. Well, they draw the lines seemingly randomly, and they don't refer to Desenia and Chris having a prior relationship before the show. So they're like, this is one that's real, this is one that's not. It's kind of like when they had that, that whole storyline making fun of Alaya. Benavidez for being a pageant girl, and then the people who were making fun of her also were in pageants. Like, Yeah, with her. But at the end of this portion, Jacinia storms off into the night, gets in a car. We don't know if she's leaving the show, but it turns out in portion four, we see that she's just going back to the beach as the party rages on and Demi is playing spin the bottle. Jacinia comes back to the beach. She tells everybody the party was ruined for her, and she explains that four girls showed up and things with her and Chris are done. She complains about him showing her that he'd rather be with Alana. This is similar to what she did with Ivan to some degree when she dumped Ivan to move on to Chris Conran. In my opinion, this is what Paradise is all about. Maybe Chris Conran is doing it a little shitty. Maybe he shouldn't have been making out with Alana right in front of her. But this is what Paradise is. You jump from one player to the other unless you have a long-standing relationship or some kind of strategy built. But we get some fear from Tammy and Marissa in ITMs. Marissa starts bawling on the beach that she feels so stupid and she wants to go home, just assuming that something will go awry with Riley. That's the power of this tight-ass party. And she says it's not like her to cry over someone she met five days ago. And again, that brings into sharp focus for me the absurdity of anyone taking any of this seriously. All of these people have been there for five days. <laughs> I, it's so confusing because sometimes they'll be like, it's been three weeks. And they're just like, they're using a week to represent a day. Sometimes. <laughs> well, that's like, we've, we're now six or seven fucking episodes into this season, and we've only seen two rose ceremonies, but then you get it when it's like, oh, but they've only been there for five days. Portion five begins the next morning after this party. Mari does an all eggs to Kenny. He says he feels like every time he has the rose, it's when she's all about it. And then when she has the rose, <laughs> it switches. This is straight gameplay speech here. And he needs to know if she's 100%. And she explains that going through this turmoil basically has made her realize, yes, he is the guy. And she says she would leave with him that day. He says he would too. They seal this mutual precog with a kiss. And then Kenny takes Demi for some one-on-one time. (laughs) And this is like, (laughs) he's got to do it. He knows he's got to do it. And Demi 
Demi tells Kenny that Mari is mean and rude and nothing like her. She's playful and funny. And she calls Mari <laughs> evil, a mean, mean pageant girl. And she says that she feels like an idiot, produces tears. And Demi invokes the Boom Boom Room experience, saying, mm. we had sex. I deserve better than this. And then she ITMs. How that can he's, you make love to me? I mean, she and Nick Viola are friends. You don't think he gave her the strategy to some degree? Of course. And then she ITMs that <laughs> Kenny is the most immature 40-year-old she's ever met. And she says, this man literally took me into the Boom Boom Room. I think she took him into the Boom Boom Room. At least that's what the document yeah. conveyed. And then she says, you and Mari can both suck my ass. <laughs> and then she follows that up with, I'm going to burn the beach down. That's what I thought it was. Oh, I thought it was dick. Maybe it was dick. I don't know. It was beeped. Let us know. Uh, next portion begins. Jacenia is crying in bed. Says last night was a trigger for her. She shuts down after stuff like this. But she can't trust Chris as a partner or even a friend. Aaron gets biblical again as he tells this story to Brendan. Someone needs to smite you, bro. Then Riley ITMs, he's a dishonorable clown, and he doesn't deal with dishonorable men, period. Again, this fucking just hardcore 4TR Arshin in ITMs. Riley is quickly becoming one of my favorite players. This dude is unfucking oh, yeah. flinching that, His new promo, or the, the little intro video where he fucking pumps his guns and kisses him, uh -huh. fucking love it. I could watch that shit for hours. So Conran at this point is moping around publicly trying to drum up some sympathy, but nobody's having it. The official Bachelor Nation hosts give him no quarter. They kind of make fun of him. And Alana Milne then shows up on sand to be greeted by Titus at the gates of paradise. She gets an official 33rd sand placement here. And she says she would usually never go for somebody else who already has a person, but she's in paradise and going to be selfish. He loves it. He gives her the date card. And we still don't have a fucking date card for Becca Kufrin, the only bachelorette to ever show up in paradise. It's getting absurd <laughs> at this point. But the totally. date card says, keep bringing that big paradise energy. And she asks Connor on the date. He goes away to talk with her to tell her that he'll have to tell Jacinia first. And she says, no gloomy energy, only happiness. And I actually thought this was kind of a good move by Connor to go off with her, not accept the date right there in the open to go off and say, look, I got to mm. talk to Jacinia first. He's at least buffering it a little bit. This is way better than what Piper and Brendan did, in my opinion. And then... Connor tells the group, I know this is going to piss some people off, but I'm following my heart. And he, he goes on the date. And then GSJ and Kufrin openly begin to mock Connor. And GSJ goes so far as to say that in an ITM that no one cares about him because no one knows who he is. This is coming from a fucking night one guy. There is something that happens within the nation. <sighs> Vial has this too. Once you get above yeah. a certain Instagram follower count, you perceive yourself, or some players do at the very least, as being validated in your fame, in your status within the mm -hmm. nation. And I feel like this, for me, is coming through with Grocery Store Joe, that he feels that he somehow is the arbiter of 4TRR this season on Bachelor in Paradise. I don't know what benefit you get out of it as a player. He's getting a little screen time, but it's negative screen time, in my opinion. You're making fun of another player? If Conran is really doing bad shit, let him hang himself like you don't have to do that if he's gonna walk off a cliff let him walk i feel like if you're making fun of a player who's already getting a horrible villain edit it's pretty neutral i wouldn't say that would be negative i don't think you make fun of anybody ever yeah i don't think you should make fun of anyone 
Chris pulls Jacent, tries to pull Jacenia, blocked pull. He's like, I feel like I owe you a conversation, Jacenia. I don't think you owe me. He says, I'm sorry, and walks away. Abigail says, badass. Mari calls him a loser. Jacenia says, what a waste of a rose. Open gameplay speech from Jacenia here. Anytime you're talking about wasting roses, that is gameplay. That is a game mechanic. So for all of their talking about how this isn't a game and clout and blah, 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 they're very tuned into the strategy of the game. And Jacenia says, this cannot be real. It feels so planned. She obviously did not know about the follow-up to the San Diego reunion that everyone had. But then we get this fucking moment from GSJ and Riley where they're talking about the purpose of the show Mm. being that if you're single, you come here to fall in love. And if you're dating someone in real life, then you don't. There would be no purpose to this. You know what? Ask Demi about that. She became the star of season six by doing just that. Dating someone until the week before she came to the show and then pulling that person into the show and becoming the fucking star of paradise. And by the way, everybody on the fucking beach was, in quotes, dating someone seriously months prior to this when they were in their seasons of Bachelor or Bachelorette. He also says, Chris came out here with a playbook, like a strategy. How dare he? And the playbook, Chris does not have the playbook. The playbook is coming out January 18th, 2022, How to Win the Bachelor, available for pre-order wherever you get your books. Get us to 10K. We need the clout. And we're going to be having a very special thing happening for anybody who pre-orders it. We're going to be announcing what that is in the next couple of weeks. But rest assured, pre-order it now, save your receipt number, and you're going to be able to use that for something very interesting very soon. But the idea here that GSJ is like, you came in with a playbook. So did GSJ. And maybe it's not as extensive, but you're telling me when GSJ says, yes, I'll come to paradise, he didn't give one moment's thought to the fact that Kendall might show up. And if she did what he would do, he had no pre-plan, no thought about that whatsoever. Of course he fucking did. So then we cut to the date and we see... (laughs) Connor and Alana Milne are going to go zip lining. They meet a zip line instructor who tells them that this zip lining is going to be really fast and really hard. All right. They zip line over the trees. They, then they walk through the trees. And then back at the beach, GSJ tells Jacinia that Conran was asking him how to get popular. And GSJ uses this to imply a 4TWR accusation. Get rid of your Instagram, GSJ. Jacinia also says Alana has also talked to me about followers grocery store joe she was probably in on it too james shows how calculated he was with you james again (laughs) just constantly 40 wr accusations no other gameplay his entire beach (laughs) nothing (laughs) all these people who were like against instagram and against getting higher numbers delete your account if it really ain't about that to you get rid of it in my opinion You cannot make a 4TWR accusation against somebody just based on their desire to have Instagram followers if you yourself are playing that same game. You can't. There's there's not a leg to stand on. And ultimately, if you get accused of it in-game, I think that is your defense. If somebody steps to you and is like, you're just here for clout and Instagram followers, I'd be like, so are you. No, I'm not. Then delete your account. Prove it. We're all here for that. I would love to see a delete your account conversation. As would I. I think it has to be coming. 
because everyone's there for it. Yeah. And to openly admit it, the producers don't like that. They don't like to hear that. And even we just did on our Digging Deeper, there was a conversation had by Thomas Jacobs, Brian Abasolo, and Mike Johnson on Talking It Out, where they're asking him about talking about being The Bachelor. And he's like, well, didn't you guys think about it? You went through the same process. Mike Johnson adamantly denies it. Never. I didn't even know that was a possibility, he says, which is, uh-huh. I believe, untrue. And Brian Abaslo just sidesteps Side the fuck steps. out of the question. He never yeah. even <laughs> addresses it again. Mike gives his answer and he moves right along. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that just shows you what a like the 4TWR accusation could go into the postseason play, even. Like it's such a fundamental rule. And then despite all of their hatred and scheming of gameplay, Jacinia then delivers her analysis of their gameplay and strategy that they're just going to be switching roses until the end, which is actually the best strategy. Alana and Chris Conran, we don't really see any of their conversations on this date. This is a long to go with their villain couples edit. We only see this conversation in which they are trying to figure out how to make out and they discuss how it'll look on camera. So they're playing into this like fake seeming thing over and over, even though presumably these conversations happen all the time that people have to move. They're trying to get the make out shot. They're like, no, can you come out of the shadow or whatever? Uh, But Chris Conran says, this is on TV. Have to keep it PG. And then... Two dogs come over and they eat Conran and Alana's food while they choreograph this makeout. And these two dogs were my. <laughs> Creature of the week. These two wild Mexican jungle dogs were strutting their stuff. They came up to that plate of food. They didn't give a fuck about Instagram. They didn't give a fuck about pre-planned dating. You want to talk about 4TRR? These fucking wild jungle dogs were about as 4TR as it gets when they're eating that fucking dirty old food on that plate that not even Chris Connor and a lot of Melon will touch. They were also my... <laughs> creature of the week. They stole the show, at least in my opinion. They stole the show. They don't even know they're on a show. <laughs> they more, truly can't get don't. more for TRR than that. They don't even know what a television is. <laughs> That's fucking totally true. Oh, fuck. so true, so true, bro. <laughs> oh god and then we cut back to the beach and gsj is calling chris connor a bad actor and then asks out loud where do we go from here and jacinia says can we vote them off the island of course invoking another great reality game show survivor she's talking about there and gsj says this is just wrong and something needs to be done i don't want them here the night one guy has spoken, ladies and gentlemen, and we are not getting anything about Brendan and Piper at this point. All the no. false outrage seems to be now targeting Connor and Milne, and GSJ says when they get back from their date, I think they gotta go. I think this has something to do with what you were talking about with the like final four. If you get enough Instagram followers, you're in a different category. Chris Conran and Alana Milne, night one or two people, 
they are easy targets. Yes. They can just dominate them like this. Brendan and Piper, they're top four. Yeah. Brendan is. Piper is. She's like 85K roughly. Oh, you're talking about their placement? Yeah. I believe she went out fifth and Brendan was fourth, I think. But yeah, I agree with you. This felt very much to me like popular kids in high school picking on the unpopular Mm -hmm. kids. That was the vibe I got from this. And it continued to feel that way as we go into (laughs) portion eight. So they force the producers force Kufrin and Portionate into an ITM feigning excitement about Aaron. So we clearly know they're about to send someone in to threaten that non-existent relationship. On cue, Chelsea Vaughn is the official 34th sand with a date card. The bigger the hoops, the better the chance at finding love, it says. And still, Becca Kufrin has no date card. Vaughn's height is acknowledged by all players. She talks to Thomas and Aaron. Kufrin explains the differences between Bachelorette and Paradise being a more fluid game. And then Vaughn asks Aaron on a date and he accepts. We go to the one-on-one date. It is an animal husbandry date. They ride horses down the beach. That leads to a picnic. And back at the beach, Kufrin expresses concern over not getting time with Aaron. But on the date, Aaron cheerses to swinging out of his weight class to get the date with the beautiful Chelsea Vaughn. And she says she was surprised by him. And that made her want to take him out on the date. She compliments his eyes and he leads into a kiss with a great kiss lead in line about kissing with mm-hmm. his eyes closed. The second kiss lead in line mocking Matt James. <laughs> <laughs> that's like all they know Matt James about. It's like all you can do because it's like that's that's the one safe thing you can kind of make fun of from that season without yeah. like getting too deep into what that season was really fucking about. Yeah. <laughs> And then back on the beach, Kufrin explains the difference between Paradise and The Bachelor again, this time to Tia and Kendall instead of in an ITM. And she says, I've never not received a rose. She ITMs, maybe Paradise is not for her. And she contemplates self-elimination, which we know is not going to happen because we have yet to see the date with Thomas that they have put in all the promos. That was the line where I was like, Kuf doesn't feel as protected, being like, I've never not received a rose. Yeah, I agree. I think she just feels like she's wasting her time. Like, why'd they bring me out here? I'm watching like player after player get a fucking date card and I don't get one. I'm the fucking bachelorette. I mean, agreed. I I can't believe how underutilized she has been so far. The next portion begins with an ITM by Tammy. Is something about to happen that I'm going to get blindsided by? Speaking of lines that they're going to cut to some shit. If you're ever in an ITM with a producer, prospective players out there, if you're ever in an ITM with a producer and they say, can you say, am I about to get blindsided? Don't say that. <laughs> don't say the line. Just don't do it because they're going to blindside you, you know? And then, of course, Tia comes in that night with a date card for Becca. Finally, it's her first date card. It says there's no better place than paradise for a fresh start. And Becca is just like, she shows us here why she's the crown. She approaches Tammy mm-hmm. first. She knows she's going to take Thomas, her man. She doesn't go to Thomas. She goes to fucking Tammy. And she tells her that she cares about her and loves her, but she wants to take Thomas on this date, but she doesn't want to step on any toes. And Tammy, of course, is obligated to give her the green light. She's the bachelorette. You're going to have to do that. If a bachelorette comes mm-hmm. to you in earnest and says, look, this you is what I want to do. you ever want to be on Bachelor Happy Hour again, Tammy? Exactly. She doesn't even have to openly give me your say man. that. She's just <laughs> carrying that weight with her wherever she fucking goes. And this is literally how it's fucking done. It was beautifully done. Tammy is upset, but she doesn't blame Koof at all. No, it's just the process. I was astounded by this. And this is like the grace, the elegance of a fucking crown. 
Only a crown can do mm-hmm. this. She's almost like when she's in this moment, she's not mired by the process of paradise. She's not involved in any of the drama. She's like, look, <laughs> I want to take your guy out on a date. I don't want to step on your toes. I love you, but that's what paradise is. And I want to explore this. And I hope you're okay with that. It's, it's that easy. <laughs> it's so fucking beautifully done. I loved this moment for her. Finally, we're getting she's to like see a her beautiful play. dolphin in the ocean. She doesn't even ask, by the way. She, this is how beautiful this natural dolphin is. She gets Tammy to say, if you want to kiss him, kiss him. Unreal. She gets a green light for a kiss without even, unre- without even asking for it. It's a, incredible to watch her play. And I love seeing her play. I wish I could see more mm-hmm. of her play on Paradise. Because yes. this is the first play we see. And it's fucking flawless. It's at a level that nobody else is executing. And so Kufrin then asks him out. He accepts, of course, using her catchphrase. Let's do the damn thing. And then Tammy breaks down in tears off in the corner. And we got Pepin and some other players STCOing for her. And then Marissa ITMs. This is the, the penny to the quarter analogy that she's got the <laughs> shiny penny and a kind of rusty old quarter. And which one is the better one? And Tammy has fucked it up. And then we have the one-on-one date. Thomas basically is telling her that she's the only person he would go on a date with, which clearly is not true. He says that she was the only person he would have said yes to. So they go for this dinner. It's a romantic evening. No full edit here. Nice decor. These big kind of like look like iron stars are kind of lighting the place. They get a cheers and imply chemistry game with the eye gazing seven years of bad sex toasting anecdote. Mm-hmm. And Bonsall continues to ITM that Thomas is not a good guy and he's just dating Kufrin for her status. Bonsall wants to date Coop so badly. Fuck, everybody fucking does. And it's like, of course Thomas is going to get it. I can see why Bonsall would be pissed. Kufrin says, plays a little bit of a heartbreak PTC here. She says, I didn't think I'd be dating in a public way again. I was engaged the last time around, left in love, thinking my life was set. We're going to live together and buy a house. When everything ended, I was very hesitant to come to this. I'm very guarded. Just be patient. I'm scared to be doing this. So she's playing the walls right off the bat. It's heartbreak PTC. Notably, she's saying I was engaged last time around, but she was engaged both last times around. (laughs) (laughs) Just for the numbers. People keeping track of the numbers. She also made no mention of being the first tropical royale. I couldn't believe that. Yeah, what the heck? That's what their, her Chiron should have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They get a kiss out of this moment, and she describes herself as a smitten kitten. And then a man playing a trumpet emerges from the shadows, then a guitar player. It's a full mariachi band that scores this very first historic one-on-one date for the only bachelorette to ever touch sand in this mariachi band, who, by the way, was shot beautifully. A lot of just dead-on hero shots, wide-angle lens. Oh, expertly done. This mariachi band was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. I thought they did excellent for, I mean, really, this is a historic moment. This is the first time we've ever seen something like this. It may be the last, and they got to provide the soundtrack. We thank you, Mariachi Band. This mariachi band who celebrated the first kiss of a tropical royale player in the history of our beloved game was my Jorge 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 Moreno, 
bystander of the week. For all the reasons you listed. And then Chelsea and Aaron return from their date to the beach and they get filled in on Cooper and Thomas's date. Tammy ITMs that there is no shot for her to find love if the second guy she made out with in five days doesn't choose her over a former bachelorette. She squats in the sand and calls mm-hmm. herself stupid. Cooper and Thomas kiss all over the beach as Aaron ITMs his certainty that Thomas is a bad guy. He also said, she better cry. She deserves to cry. To cool, Tammy? Cool, cool. He, no, he says it to someone else. No, but in reference to Tammy, I mean. Oh, yeah. Jesus. I didn't when Tammy's pick crying. that up. That's yeah. fucking harsh. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of fucking uh, ill intention floating around the beach this year on Paradise. Harsh. Harsh. Harsh uh, things people are saying about everyone. The next portion begins. A crab eats a bug. Then a bird eats a crab. And Thomas eats Aaron's prospects. A circle <laughs> of life. It's that food chain. It only goes up, baby. <laughs> so the players are all in agreement that Connor and Alana must be reprimanded when they return. And Connor and Alana have a little conversation at the gates. As they return, they kiss. They're paired up now. And then GSJ leads this angry gang. Come here. We got to talk to you, he says. And GSJ tells him that things have been uncomfortable and they have to ask him some questions. Alana goes to get a drink from Wells at the bar as GSJ launches like a pretty hardcore interrogation of Connor about why he switched from Jacinia to Alana. And he tells him that he's ruining it for everyone. It's like, what, dude? Don't you have your own thing? Like, can't you go talk to Serena? Who's he ruining anything for? Serena P's over there. She's fine. Kendall's fine. It's fucking unbelievable that gsj is so up in their fucking business but he's basically accusing him of he's accusing connor of having structured all this and gsj is not satisfied with his meandering answer riley jumps in and reprimands him jacinia reprimands him for lying to her riley says you clearly had something going and riley says if we check your dms what will they say and connor's like they'll say what they all say implying that everybody here is dming Mm -hmm. everyone that Bachelor Nation is a big pool of people DMing each other about who's going to go on Paradise and who's dating who, which we've heard on millions of other podcasts that that is the case. By the way, I love that Riley is jumping in here, the lawyer of Paradise. If you didn't say it, I thought it until I turned around and your tongue was down another woman's throat right in front of her. (laughs) She left the party early because of you. You only get to go to one tight ass party in your entire life, and she had to leave early. <laughs> this moral high ground thing for me doesn't fucking work in Paradise. But Riley openly accuses him of coming to Paradise for the clout, just like they all did. And Alana says, Does anyone want to know what I think? And I don't know if this is how it played out or not. I don't know if this was editing. I don't know if what we saw was real, but what we see in the document is Alana say, hey, I'm involved in this too. Can I share my opinion? And Jacinia just flatly goes, no. And Alana's like, okay. And walks off up the stairs. Again, I don't know how much any of this is real. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much any of it's cut out of context. If any is, that's what we're presented. To me, that did not seem very cool. I'm just going to say that. Mm. And I don't understand the play value of it. At this point, again, it really seems like this is the popular kids picking on the unpopular kids. I don't get the value out of any of this for any of them. 
Because if both of them leave, so do their roses. It doesn't give anyone else a new opportunity to get a rose on Paradise. No, it's like they're taking all of their frustrations out about like people doing preseason play basically out on this one couple who seem kind of weak and they've all got their pitchforks out. They're, I mean, not even allowing Alana to speak. And Jacenia attacks Chris openly. You wanted the screen time. You were bullshitting me from day one. He says, I was not bullshitting you. She says, fuck you. You lied to my face. You wanted to follow your heart and go on that date. Follow your heart and get the fuck out of paradise. It seems like they cut, like, I mean, I guess, like, the benefit is that you get this, like, I don't know, quote-unquote heroes moment that you're for TRR, getting the 4TWR people to self-eliminate. It's a, li- it's a different kind of version. I think what is probably going through her mind is she is remembering all the bachelorettes when they have that moment where they're like, if you're not here for the mm. right reasons, get the fuck out. I think that's what she's trying to conjure here. It just doesn't work in Paradise, especially not when you have a gang of people surrounding the person you're picking on and being like, yeah, get out of here, pack your bags. We don't like you. Because it's not like the producers are stepping in and saying like, look, you fucking tricked the system. We can't have this. It's just people saying, we don't like you here. Get the fuck out. Just being mean. To I them. was, I was wondering with all this buildup if they were going to introduce like a new game element where you could vote off a couple that doesn't seem here for the right reasons. It seemed like it. This to me, this felt like some real Lord of the Flies shit. And if you're in Connor's position, I think what you do is you say, "Yeah, you're right. I lied to you. I'm here for Instagram followers. Now what? I'm not leaving." I mean, definitely don't leave. <laughs> For sure. That was almost my error of the game. If Brendan hadn't done what he did, their mm-hmm. mutual self-elimination was like, what the fuck are you doing? She, yeah. I mean, we'll get to it. Let's just get to a portion mutual of Mutual self-elimination here. without even getting a last word in, without even doing a blaze of glory. It, it was, was absurd. The saddest. Yeah. So we come back in the final portion, portion 11, and we get the tail end of the gang up. GSJ asks Connor if he has any last words, as though he's about to fucking put a bullet in his skull. And Connor and Milne have some one-on-one time. He apologized to her, says this is the last thing he expected. Neither of them thought it was going to have everybody against them like this. And Alana says, maybe you should see if things with you and Jacinia can work out. Not a good sign. He tells her, <laughs> that ship has sailed. It's not going to work out. The Tammy ITMs that they should leave because Alana will not have a great time because of Connor's actions. But that's actually because all of the other players are going to make their lives living hells, basically, is the implication that I'm getting out of that. It's like they can all have a fine time if you just don't treat them like this. And then Connor tries to salvage uh, his relationship with Alana, saying he doesn't know how to explain his feelings, but he feels like this is where he has to leave paradise and it sucks. And she's like, she starts crying. She's like, I got here 24 hours ago and you're going to fucking leave me here alone. And she's basically, I think, talking about screen time to some degree. She's like, I came here. I got to get something out of it. Connor needs to up his game in this moment. He doesn't. And he says, if you want me to stay here, I will because I want to be with you. He should have marched back onto the sand, I think, and taken the moral high ground. I think he had the leverage to do it here, and he just didn't. I think he got turned into a victim enough in that moment that he could have reversed the tables, and he just didn't even try. I mean, you don't go out on your lowest point of everyone screaming at you that you're 4TWR and then just be like, yep, I'm 4TWR, bye. Try to redeem yourself. But they do it. They leave and we get this 
you know, little moment in the very end where Connor gets into the car next to a lot of Milner. She's like, this is not your car. And shit is not good for him at this point. This is, it was a bad idea to come to paradise. Chris Connor. You should have just stuck to the DMS and the San Diego trips. They were working out for you. But the other players then cheers themselves to their successful icing out of Connor and Milne. And keeping it real. As real as it gets, baby. So real, so genuine. Enjoy all your new Instagram followers. And Natasha ITMs that the Brendan Piper thing is the same thing. And it doesn't make sense why nobody's going after them. We've already explored this. They have more Instagram followers. And Demi ITMs that they need answers from Brendan next. And it looks like that might be the next group attack target. And then we get a tag. Tammy and Kendall talk about shaving their legs. And Tammy uses her feet like hands to pick up a cup. And that is it. We got through it, Pace Case, if you can fucking believe that. I can't. Two hours later. I know. This is this is a beast of an episode, but we did have to go through two very significant episodes, I think. The, probably the two most important ones that have happened, certainly this season in Paradise, maybe in the whole 100%. history of Paradise, maybe in the history of The Bachelor. That shit with Brennan and Piper openly talking about Instagram followers is just like, that's next level shit. We're in the professional uh-huh. era now. If you don't fucking believe it, watch that episode. They're openly talking about fucking it. Fucking gains. It's all about the gains. So... With everything we've discussed, who's your MVP? For her beautiful interrogations of Brendan and Piper, for milking this heartbreak edit with tear play, for, honestly, we didn't talk about this, but some notable face play, Natasha was my... M M M M V P Couldn't agree with ye more. Natasha Parker was also my M M M M M V P. She's sitting at 281,000 followers. We are talking oh my 200 and gains. 20-ish thousand gains since the beginning. Again, I don't know how much of that is just this week, but we were, we're going to cover all the gains in this week in Bachelor Nation, which is going to be coming out on Friday. This is just insane. It's astronomical. And I think it all has to do with how she was able to both walk that line of victim and aggressor. She did it Mm -hmm. so fucking perfectly and she had the perfect situation to do it. It's, it's like in any other sport where things come together, just, just right. And you're set up for this thing where you can fucking, if you do the right thing, if you play it perfectly, you can do something historic and she fucking did it, blew it out of the water. I feel like she's going to have 300,000. I mean, this is like, this is just tonight. Like people who are watching on Hulu next day, those gains. I bet she'll have 100K more tomorrow. Yeah. It's, she's going to pass 300,000 as Brennan Marias is dipping under it mm. because he's hemorrhaging. That's another part of this that's fascinating is two players' Instagrams are so drastically affected by this one event, this one thing that happened mm-hmm. in exactly the opposite direction. This is... Wow. It's a result of paradise that I just didn't think we were going to see coming. I did not think somebody could be so vilified that the fourth audience would literally, you know, fucking remove 50 to 60,000 of their Instagram followers in a day. 
I mean, we're watching history right here. This is unbelievable. <laughs> Absolutely. And if Natasha Parker goes on, I don't know what she's going to do for the rest of the season. There's a version of this where she hits a million fucking Instagram followers. If she winds up in a relationship with somebody that goes to the end and she gets engaged, she's a fucking million Instagram club. They're obviously continuing this storyline. Her heartbreak edit, the vilification of villainization of Brandon and Piper into the next episode. It makes me think she's at least going to get the producer's rose, James or Ivan or one of these. So. What if James Bonsall and Natasha Parker (laughs) become a couple and become married and have children? I can't really see it. Um, I'm trying to picture like James doing a yoga pose and I just does not feel right to me. I'm just kidding. I don't think it's going to happen either. Who do you think she would be good with? Fuck, I don't know. Because, you know, I don't know her personality much. Like, that's another piece Mm -hmm. of this that's interesting to me. I don't get a good sense of her persona as a player at all from anything we've seen. She's just kind of been like, hey, are you ever going to kiss me? That's basically all we've seen of her this season until this moment where she really took charge and was like, you know what? Fuck you, dude. So we know that she can kind of stand up for herself. We know she can see through the bullshit and we know that she's not going to put up with it. I don't know much else. She posts a lot of inspirational quotes. And things of her doing yoga. She's got a Bible quote in her bio. Somebody who's mm. got a Bible quote in their bio. I don't know. Mikey Planeta. Planeta. Bring him to sand. He's not coming to sand. But mm. we wish her well. And we congratulate her on her double MVP, double play of the game status from mm. us. This was a fantastic two-episode extravaganza. Of course, next week, we're going back to the one episode that's going to air on Tuesday. Our recaps will be out on Wednesday. And we will do our lives on Tuesday. You want to do the live on Tuesday before the game? Yeah. Yeah. We should do the live on Tuesday. All right. So our live, which you can access through our Patreon, you just go to patreon.com slash game of roses and we'll do a live show four thirty. We used to do the Mondays. We're now going to do them Tuesdays for the remainder of this bachelor in paradise season. They will happen right before the big game four thirty West coast time. Yeah, then we'll be up to date on the numbers and everything that's happened. And of course, our book is available for pre-order, How to Win the Bachelor. You just go to Amazon.com. You type in How to Win the Bachelor. It will be there for pre-order. We are trying to hit 10,000 copies by January 1st. If we can do that, we will most likely be on the New York Times bestseller list. If we can do that, we will change things drastically in the reality television genre. We have these goals Mm. and we need help to get there. And if we can get there, I really think we can revolutionize some shit. So we implore you, buy some pre-orders of How to Win the Bachelor. If you haven't already, get them for your friends, get them for your family, get them for yourself, get them for your pets, get them for your creatures, whoever may like them. Get them for anyone you know who's going to go on a Bachelor in Paradise and is trying to come up with their preseason strategy and needs to be maybe a little bit more savvy and prepared. God, for real. And again, players, if you're out there, if you're listening and you hear one of our strategies and you like it, just fucking DM us so we can walk you through how to actually do it. Don't just fucking go crazy willy-nilly into the game and be like, <laughs> I heard this in a podcast. Let me, let me just try this out. There's like subtleties to this. The main rule of the game that you can never go against is 4TRR. We say that all the time. And what Brennan and Piper did, it, 
It was like 4TR didn't even fucking exist in their minds. <laughs> you have to keep I mean, that. Did you see Brendan posted an Instagram post that said for the 4TWR? That was the yeah, caption. Yeah, for the wrong reasons. Well, they were trying to do a heel turn. It's pro wrestling. They were trying to lean heavy into a villain identity. And it's like, you can't, dude. You just can't. So anyways, thanks everyone for listening. And before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,107 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be our beloved game. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then. Creams and serums are made of 70% water. 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in... um three body problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water preservatives or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by get this 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, Mm. they have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven day routine tighter skin or your money back get a 15 percent discount code by using the discount code game that's fiber skincare if you are a wine lover like myself and you gotta have it for your bachelor viewing parties i'm gonna let you in on a little secret i found the personalized the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious. And I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. 
Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want a wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. <laughs> Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabooli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things and I need an easy install. And this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. (laughs) 